0: You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Carl and Sitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. We're going to talk about what's happened in the Premier League over the last week and beyond uh, in the world of football. But first of all, as usual, your trivia question. Quite a simple one this week. Who is the oldest player
0: to make his debut in the Premier League, in a Premier League match? That is to say, he walked on the pitch, and at the time when he walked on the pitch, he was the oldest player ever to do that, and
1: still is. Who was it? So he still holds. He still, still holds it. Still holds the record for that. All right. Listen, it's been quite quite a week. Uh, we had Pochettino being sacked and Mourinho getting signed up a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Time moves on, and now it's Emery. Unai Emery's turn at Arsenal. He's gone after what can only be described as a well could be described as many things but disappointing start to the season so far. I mean it was about time wasn't it?
0: Well it, it just had to happen they'd clearly stopped playing for him. Some people uh, accused Emery of having no vision for Arsenal. I think the problem was that he had too many visions for them. Sometimes they play 3 at the back, sometimes 4 at the back, mm. sometimes a uh, 4 in midfield, sometimes a diamond. I don't think the players knew what the hell was happening.
1: There was not only a different formation It was different tactics or lack of tactics some weeks. And different
0: players. And and they were not doing the one thing that is in Arsenal's DNA. The one thing you know about Arsenal, the one thing you were taught by your mother while she was feeding you milk, was Arsenal have a flat back four that know how to play. Well, (laughs) they don't. Yeah, as opposed to Ikea who have a flat back four. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, well, maybe it's it's more Ikea than... (laughs) Than football, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, they've just been... It's, it's too easy to say they've been shocking I mean they have been shocking but they've been clueless
1: utterly clueless is it just Emery? the more things to more things causing the problems at Arsenal than just the manager well I, I think there have to be there has to be yes a
0: uh, very good record before he
1: before he went to Arsenal so he's
0: clearly not a bad manager people have been talking about communication as being a problem well it wasn't a problem when they went in a 21 game. Um, unbeaten streak last season was it so I, I don't think it's that but there is something clearly wrong at Arsenal and maybe having Edu there as a director of football and then having somebody else on the the board of Arsenal as also a director of football and you know are there are there too many cooks spoiling the broth here
1: I don't quite understand director of football let alone anything else it's almost like you don't trust your manager
0: yeah this is the thing though do you do you want to have a manager like and the archetypal manager is is So Alex Ferguson, who does manage every aspect of the club, of the football club. These people tend not to exist anymore. Mostly now we have first-team coaches, and Emery is clearly a first-team coach, and that's the model that Arsenal wanted to go down. So then you need a director of football who's going to do all the planning for the young players, the youth team players, sending them all out on loan and then finding new players to come in, having spoken, we hope, to the coach as to what players he wants... But, you know, that again was one of uh, of the problems this season. They very badly needed a central defender and a holding midfield player, and they went out and spent £72 million on a right winger.
1: Yeah, who's not really...
0: Sean yet well no he's not and, and I, you know, my opinion is I don't think he will because being the second highest scorer in the French league is kind of irrelevant really it's you know dog goals isn't it
1: the actual team what the, the first team is made up of you mentioned their Pepe and everything I mean they're not even it's not even a case of you know good on paper bad on grass they're just not good well
0: they're, they're definitely not good on paper I mean, if, if I just read you their squad Ben Leno yeah he's okay Bellerin Bellerin
1: No, I think last podcast, you and Steve had a rather interesting discussion. You know, two very different points of view. Steve Kenneth kenton uh, who's an Arsenal fan, so maybe there's a little bit of bias, but he he actually quite rates Bellerin, certainly a lot higher than you do. But is he a top four player?
0: No, of course he's not.
1: Which top, top club in Europe has come
0: in to say, oh, we want Bellerin? Nobody.
1: No, there's not been no. a lot to talk about. No. We have to say, Q
0: Tierney, the lad they got from Celtic, will, will be a brilliant top four fullback. No question.
1: That was a good signing, actually. No, very,
0: yeah. very good signing. They have got Danny Sabagas on loan from Real Madrid. Okay, you know, it, getting into Real Madrid's first team is pretty tough. <laughs> pretty yeah, tough. I mean, so, but so let, let's credit him as being being worth it. Lacazette, yes, definitely. Ozil, if you can get him to play, is great. Obama Yang, yeah. great. And that's
1: kind of it, really. So there's sort of three players that we rate or we, we think are certainly top four to top six players, but the rest of them, not so much. But top yeah. top half of the table kind of players. No, the top half,
0: yeah, but not top four. No, they, they just, you, you've got to have 11 players who can get into the top four, you mm-hmm. know, top four players, plus the subs, plus the, the backup for them. And they're nowhere near that they're light years away from that one of the um, you know, Arsenal fans likes to talk about Rob Holding now Rob Holding is one of these players that went from being really promising as a youngster everyone said oh yeah he's, he's really really good to now being brilliant without ever having done anything in, be- in between yeah. and if you look at, if you look at uh, his record including playing, f- playing at Bolton in 2014 to now he's played 32 league appearances
1: I've seen how long?
0: <laughs> five years or in six years. Five years. Now. years. Yeah. That's, that's not
1: constantly injured. Yeah, that's not I mean that's a, that's not a good thing. I mean we like Tierney, we think that's that's a good signing. Yeah like Tierney May- But the rest Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. You you want to shore up your defense, so you bring in David Luis. I mean
1: come yes, on. Th- Who <laughs> <laughs> who's the butt of so many jokes for his defensive well I'm going to say qualities for want of a better word but lack of qualities well exactly you know he's an accidental penalty waiting to happen I mean he's a very good player but not in that uh, position so far back I don't think because he he just makes too many mistakes and gives away too many free kicks and penalties so they're, they're in trouble Arsenal I think yes I don't know if you ever watch it, but there is, it's, it's a lovely watch if you're a Tottenham fan particularly. Arsenal Fan TV, a, yes. <laughs> and the fans are every week, you know, since they last won a trophy, really. I rate every week, win, lose or draw. Uh, shouting and screaming, you know, Wenger out and all this. Of course, at the at the stadium and on Arsenal TV, the the fans have been holding up placards, Emery out. But a lot of the bile on Arsenal Fan TV has been directed more at the board than the manager saying, you know, it's all right, he, He's a rubbish manager, he's done nothing, he's not taken us anywhere, but he wasn't given a chance by a board who are rotten. our well, fans I, are angry with the board more than anybody.
0: To be angry with the board, yeah, I, okay. I, I, I agree with this, but there is an argument that says they have no right to be angry with the board. It is a limited company that is owned by somebody, and that person has put these people in charge to run his investment, his asset for him. Now, the, the problem that we have as fans is that we think it's a football club. Josh Gronke thinks it's an investment. And the, your way of managing those two things, are com- uh, or can be completely different.
1: One are the what are the, the regulars on Arsenal Fan TV? It's like it's, it's a little bit watching a car, like watching a car crash. But as a Tottenham fan, you're kind of drawn to it um, because of the rivalry between Arsenal and Tottenham. But it must have been the most painful thing this l- young lad's ever said about football, considering how much Arsenal fans talk about Tottenham. Uh, he said that lot across the road. In North London, he said, they're actually doing it right. There's a club that's being run properly, and they know what they're doing. They acted, they got Poch out, they got Mourinho in, they buy and sell the right players at the right place. He said, there's a club that's run properly, and it makes me feel very bad that we can't even see that that's how, how to do it. So for them to actually have to end up praising their biggest rivals, and be, he said, basically, I'm jealous of Tottenham. He said, because they are doing it the way we should be doing it. No. I'm not sure... I'm not sure if Tottenham are that well run. Uh, Levy's got a reputation for getting good deals and everything. I mean, he might get. We can talk about it a bit, but I think it's if Pochettino this season signs up for another Premier League club, they have to pay Levy or Tottenham twelve and a half million.
0: Yeah, and and I think Pochettino loses um, a big chunk of his uh, payoff, doesn't he? Mm. That won't be happening this season, would he anyway? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't see that there's there's a club in England that, that interests him that much, to be honest. No, there, there are other, other places for him to go and uh, and enjoy his life, I think.
1: Yeah, he was in, the, I think he was in Argentina, visiting his old club where he started just yesterday or the day before. And he said he, he can't really see himself coming back to Argentina, certainly not just yet. And he said, I will be, you know, my next job will be in Europe. But he didn't say in England, he just said Europe in general. Oh, yeah. I can't, I mean, he's not going to go to Arsenal, going back to them. I, you know, Arsenal fans would accept him. I think they'd accept it. They'd accept you or I at the moment. I think.
0: Well, they wouldn't because they haven't replied to my application. But, <laughs> but maybe that's because I said I could. I could take them to their, their natural position in the fourth division. <laughs> but, so maybe maybe that's why. But
1: I mean, I don't. I don't know what's what can be done at Arsenal but it does the whole thing system These changing I still we've gone 10 minutes and I still don't understand what a director of football does but they've also got a head of football I've and like you said at the very start of the podcast it's like too many cooks spoiling the broth I so think they've so. got all these experts in football on the board and not very good players on the pitch. This yeah. is what we mean by, it's the problem with the board, that those people on the board should be looking at the pitch going, do you know what our problem is? We haven't got a very good team. And they're not. So mm-hmm. the problem does, in that, if you want to be that simplistic about it, the problem does lie with the the, the suits. Yeah, we, we can we can make an assumption about that. We, we're not in the, the in the meetings. It may
0: be that Edu and Sanlehi are constantly pushing for good players, and, and Kroenke, Josh Kroenke's son, mm. is saying... No, we're, we're not spending the money on it. Okay. Because the Americans who own sports franchises, and Arsenal is, is basically a franchise, they're, they're not interested in winning things in the way that fans think of it. You know, The extra 500 million it costs you to go from sixth place to first place pays you back nothing. If you win the Premier League, you get 38 million pounds. If you come second, it's 36 million. So down to about six, you're down to sort of 28 million. So that extra eight, you have to spend 500 million to get the extra 8 million. It's not worth it. Now getting into the Premier, into the Champions League. Ah, now that's real money. Tottenham made um, 110 million. It's wor- that's
1: worth it. That's worth spending 500 million on. Well, you've you've said and you've said it on this podcast. You said it on the radio show that we do every Saturday for 93.6 Global Radio, radio station here on the Casa del Sol. You've said it a few times, measuring the success of a club is not how many trophies are in the cabinet. It's more about consistency. It's about getting into the top four or getting promoted and staying promoted, whatever. But it's not about trophies so much. It is about that top four finish and going to a certain extent, as far as you can in cup competitions, but not necessarily winning them. I've noticed this last week or two, since Pochettino got sacked and there was all a discussion about was he any good at Tottenham, that a lot of the football journalists that I was reading in The Guardian, on BBC Online and The Daily Mirror, just to take three, that actually did say this, that actually the measure of a good club now is not trophies. Everybody's saying that now. Uh, So you started a bit of a trend there. But his five and a half years have been measured as a success because of the turnaround he made in the team.
0: He took Tottenham to, to be perennial champions league team mm. and, and, the, and, and, b- and before that tottenham were a joke in in you know i'm, I'm a west ham fan in the, exactly the same way that west ham are a joke they'll have a good cup run they'll win the cup occasionally they'll do just enough to keep the supporters hopeful and happy <laughs> and, until the, the fourth the draw for the fourth round of the fa cup which you're not in um and then it starts to get all a bit
1: yeah, yeah. i mean I, I like the thing about keep the fans in just about hopeful as a tottenham fan you're yeah. just spot on with that i mean when was it 2008 the last time we won anything and yeah. you think well maybe this year maybe this year I mean Liverpool fans are famous for saying this is our year but actually they might be right finally well, they, they, they might, might be actually
0: right. be right this season Yeah, I mean there are some eternal truths in football aren't there yeah, a, a centre forward has got 500 good games in him that that's an eternal truth I was taught as a very very small lad you play the ball the way you're facing that's another thing that that football has taught me when I was learning how to play football and the, the third one which may be the most important one is it's the hope that kills you
1: uh, yes it, it is yeah with, with Tottenham is there now hope with Mourinho you're not a fan of his at I'm all. not I'm not well I'm not a fan of Mourinho no because I think he's he's disgraceful human being and some of the
0: th- <laughs> so, well i mean you, you, what, what did he do to the the, the physio at chelsea i yes. mean he absolutely destroyed her. it was an absolute disgrace she is a doctor she did the only thing that she is allowed to do as a doctor if she had not done what she did she could have been taken to court she would have lost her medical license and he hung her out to dry and it was, his behavior was yeah. disgraceful he poked he walked up behind villanova you know, Real Madrid-Barcelona match and sneakily just went out and poked his finger in his eye. What did Villanova die of? Eye cancer. Brilliant. This, his, that Mourinho is an absolute effing, uh, disgrace as a human being. Now, he's a very, very good coach. Right. I think th- the world has passed him by. He's out of date in what he's doing. But he, there's enough of what he does that's very, very good that he'll consolidate a top-four finish for Tottenham.
1: Yeah, so in the short term... I mean so far it's working you know we've yeah. won three games out of three one in the Champions League coming from behind 2-0 but. but but since he took over we've leaked two goals in every single game thankfully we've scored three or four yes. in each game but you can't continue like that That's I mean this is a strange thing it, there seems to be a lot of open play coming from a v- Mourinho who's famous for being defensive and as the, the expression goes parking the bus and having a back line of 10 outfield players yeah, and yet there's Tottenham scoring goals for fun and letting them in for fun as well don't worry parking the bus will come it will, it's, it's got to come hasn't it but well the, th- 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 the
0: result Spurs had on, on Saturday was perfect for Mourinho he banked the three points great thank you very much now he's got a lot to work on with the players over the week defensively that's fantastic for him so no, there they can be no argument from them he can say look your last two last two games you conceded two goals after going ahead we've got to sort this out and a team a, you know teams attack as a team and they defend together yeah. it starts with harry kane being the first person to try and, and block in the high press now Mourinho doesn't like a high press. In fact, he doesn't like pressing at all, which is one of the reasons he's out of date. But you have to set your team up defensively in a d- different way. He likes to sit back and keep the game in front of him. Well, that's fine. But it, it, requ- it requires a lot of work on the training field. And he's got the perfect excuse to do it now. So the players have got to buy into it. They have no choice. It's
1: quite interesting what you said about the uh, high press, which is now the new tiki-taka, Absolutely, the new way yeah. to play. What I've noticed in the last few games, with the uh, well, last three since Mourinho took over, is... They are. I mean, Deli Ali, first of all, started scoring uh, for fun, enjoying enjoying his football, big smile on his face. He says nothing's changed, but it clearly has under Mourinho. Deli Ali's playing a slightly different role. What else I've noticed is that they are playing some long balls. A couple of the goals have come from long balls, well placed, well pinged, very accurate, very very telling passes. Yep. But they're not playing, which was dull to watch. Passing it out from the back for 26 passes and the 27th results in a goal kick. Yeah, that's right. You know, so there's a lot to be said for direct football and there's nothing wrong with it. Sean Dyche said a few weeks ago that if you play long balls and you don't just play it slowly out from the back, it's not called hoofing it up if it's an accurate pass that leads to a goal. It's exactly, still a goal. Exactly,
0: exactly. And and that is that one of the ways to counteract a high press is to go over the top of it. But it has to be an accurate pass. Your player has to receive it and your midfielders and fullbacks then have to push, push on. And that's perfectly acceptable and that's... Sean Dykes is a good example it's worked very well for him he's not a long ball merchant in the way we used to think of as Wimbledon for example
1: yeah, this whole, th- yeah this whole thing of always a long ball and all, it's not if it's well placed if it's you know, a pass I mean, it, that's fine you know this is what Rooney was good at wasn't it picking yeah. out the man way ahead of him and Tottenham started to do that and I, I rather like it because it leads to goals it also yeah. means that if you do lose the ball <laughs> you're not all up that end of the pitch either so if they, they come at you you're still in position well yeah So, Mourinho, so far, so good, but lots of six goals out of three games leaked. You know, we were 3-0 up against Bournemouth, and 3-2 it finished, could have been 3-all. Yeah. So, you really, if you're 3-0 up, I want him to park the bus at that point, actually. And they were still going for a fourth, and they did let two in. And it was only Bournemouth. What a decent side but they're not <laughs> Manchester City or Liverpool Yeah, or they're,
0: a, they're a good side they're very well coached but they don't have the, the quality of players that the top four sides have no but it, it, it is a worry that that defence it does look like it's going to concede goals and yeah. but that's the thing that Mourinho is brilliant at so he'll sort that out no question
1: but we'll have a look at who Tottenham are playing this weekend when we come towards the end of the show and have a look at, uh, at the upcoming games. But you mentioned Bournemouth there. I'm going to have to go back to Arsenal because Arsenal and Watford both sat their managers since our last podcast. Eddie Howe at Bournemouth is one of the people being touted for Arsenal.
0: Is he an Arsenal fit? Well, traditionally, you'd, ha- you'd have to say that Eddie Howe was a, a perfect Tottenham manager, actually. Yes. Arsenal could do much, much worse than, than mm. go for him.
1: I yeah. mean, we've said on this show before, haven't we? Allegri, Allegri, Allegri. Steve Kenton, who's an Arsenal fan, would be happy with Allegri. Of course he would. A yeah. lot happier than he was with... I don't think he was ever convinced with Emery. I don't think Emery was that convinced with Emery at Arsenal, to be you, honest. You do get that impression, don't you? don't yeah. think he was happy there from the start. No. I don't think he was out of his... D- I mean, he came from PSG, so big team in a small in a little league. In a very small part, um, yeah. But I just think... Uh, I'm not saying he was out of his depth, but he looked out of place from you the did. very start. I don't think he was happy... It was like, um, you know, when you transfer to a new school and it turns out that it's not a great school and, you mm. know, they're all bullies or something, you just think, why did I do this? Yeah. Um, he had that look, didn't he? He did, but
0: maybe that's because the the process that Arsenal went through had highlighted two or three candidates as their shortlist for the board to decide on, and none of those was Emery. Emery was a last-minute lob by uh, some agents. Mm. So, oh, have you con- have you considered him? Sort of thing, and and look at the the three Eurovases in a row and mm. you know, winning the league in France with PSG. Well, you know who wouldn't, frankly? So he came in from sort of stage left, if you like, and everyone went, huh? who. And, yeah. and you can't help thinking that maybe he thought that as well, you yeah, but why am I suddenly, you know, it wasn't something he set out to get, mm. which Arteta did, and Arteta was the, the odds-on favourite, after all the meetings he'd had, he was absolutely convinced, and his advisors absolutely convinced they were going to offer him the job, and then suddenly it was Emery, and everyone went, what? Well, you said, sort of,
1: stage left, very left field, yeah, yeah. so it, probably Emery thought, wait, what, what are you calling me for? Yeah. I don't want this. He looked surprised all the way through it or concerned. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, who do do they get now? Well, who do they get now? We've got Eddie Howe, as we said. Yeah. Probably would. I don't know if he'd leave Paul. On the last podcast, I said, you know, he's in a good position there. And you said, yes, but he's got ambition. So, why wouldn't he take a a big. And it is a big job. Arsenal are a big. Not the biggest team in North London, but they are a big team. (laughs) I think they're the biggest team in Islington. (laughs) So, why wouldn't Eddie Howe take the job? You know, then you've got Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. No. I mean, he's got this. Strange release clause in his contract.
0: Well, it isn't strange. Most managers have that same release
1: clause. But I don't think he'd go to Arsenal. No. I I don't think he'd go to, certainly not to Watford, which we'll talk about in a minute. You've got Brendan Rodgers, I mean, high-flying Leicester now. They've got Mm. a very late goal, thanks to VAR, correctly, onside goal for Leicester against poor old Everton who are way down there. It's going to go. It could be Allegri, it could be anybody, but uh, they've got to get that sorted pretty quickly.
0: Well, I think there were two problems with Allegri. One is he inherited that Juventus team that had won the league two years in a row, which was created by Conte. So he has, or whoever comes into Arsenal, has a rebuilding job to do. Has Allegri ever done that?
1: See, that's another thing. As you say, he came in with a ready-made team. Mm. A bit like Mourinho did to Tottenham. Absolutely. Tot- yeah. I mean, he, Mourinho keeps going on about I'm very happy with his squad, and so he damn well should be, actually. So he's just got, basically he's got he's to tweak the tactics and, and and make the players feel better about themselves, which he's done with a few of them. Mm. Allegri would have to go in there and get rid of a load and bring a load in and Arsenal are very tight with money so he'd have, a, he'd have a tough job, I think, rebuilding. It, it,
0: it's going to be a tough job, yes, and and he has no history of doing that that, that I know of. Um, the second thing is he very, very badly wants the Manchester United job. His advisors, shall we call them that, have been busy briefing all the newspapers to that effect.
1: Whoever gets the, the Arsenal job is going to have to be prepared to... They might as well get one of those presenters in from one of those total makeover shows where they knock a house down and rebuild it because that's what they're going to have to do it's gonna be somebody who's used to doing that well you 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 cannot
0: hope to be uh, a european you know at the european top table where you only have five genuine european top quality players Mm. it's just not enough you need far more than that it's a big rebuilding job to do i would question i think arteta might well get get offered it but can he do it? Has he got that, that experience? Well, he's,
1: he's assistant coach yeah. at Manchester City, so he's got, certainly got experience in well, the top four and he's watching mm. watching Guardiola and everything and learning from him, but it's still a big step up for me. I think is. it's a huge
0: step up, yes. If I was
1: an Arsenal fan,
0: I'd be worried about that. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd be very happy.
1: Uh, you look at Solskjaer at Manchester United, yes. Too big for me still too big a step, oh, too early. Too big, yeah. Lampard at Chelsea reasonable i mm-hmm. mean they're doing they're in the top 4 but still losing at home to your team west ham who are shocking this season and they, they lost at to West Ham. First time in seventeen years you've beaten uh, West Ham. Have beaten Chelsea yeah. at West Ham. Lovely little story. Alvin Martin's son, the goalkeeper. that was there. great, wasn't it? Kept a clean sheet. First kept time this season they've kept the clean sheet. I think. Well, actually, the, the,
0: there was a there was a soft cross which came in nowhere near any Chelsea player, and Martin Martin caught it and got standing ovation from the West Ham fans because, <laughs> of course, Roberto would have parried it into into the path of a yeah. a Chelsea player and we'd have been a goal down. The, yes, it was, quite, it was right. quite this ironic cheer. That went up. The goalkeeper actually caught a ball.
1: Actually <laughs> caught a ball. Yeah, and it, it was all. I mean, it was. I kind of liked that 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 sort of thing. There was very emotional scenes at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, you've beaten Chelsea for the first time in 17 years, this 30, what is he, 34-year-old goalkeeper, yeah. bit of a journeyman footballer signed yeah, from, was, was. it, Millwall? Millwall, yeah. His father, of course, Alvin Martin, West yeah. Ham legend, Yeah. and the kid, well, he's not a kid, the fellow was in tears at the end of the match because it, they'd kept a clean sheet, Yeah. and he'd finally got a game. And he'd he'd got finally a game, got a game yeah. and kept their first clean sheet, so it was all a big day for West Ham, but Chelsea... With Lampard and Solskjaer at Man United. And Arteta at Arsenal, I don't I think it's too early for him as well.
0: The thing in, in Lampard's favour is is he, he did have that season at Derby and and did produce and, and showed that he has a lot of promise. And so far he's done very well. So you just have to say, Okay, park that as an argument mm. he's he, they're in the top four you know, where most
1: journalists thought they would not
0: get this season.
1: We spoke about that at the beginning of the season, that, you know, is he going to be out of his depth and, you know, he's got no transfer window to look forward to He'll have to play young players. And actually, what we what most people forgot, which we pointed out, or you pointed out, was that it's pretty much the same team that finished third last yeah. season. Why wouldn't they be in the top four unless he does yeah. something really stupid, yes. which he clearly hasn't. And he
0: hasn't, no. And he's he a very ha-
1: sensible man, is Frank Lampard. Well, he
0: showed at Derby and he showed this season that
1: he learns very quickly. I mean uh, the will Arteta, that's the thing. Well, yeah, and, and will he
0: have the personality to win over a dressing room, to get a dressing room to
1: play for him? Yeah, I mean, it's um, clearly a, a dressing room divided amongst themselves, let alone with the clearly, manager. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, there's, there's this little German cabal and this little French cabal, and they don't get on, so yeah. it's probably no surprise that they're not very good on the pitch.
1: Well, yes, yeah, <laughs> they're not talking to each other off yeah, the pitch, yeah, they're not going to exactly, be passing yeah. to each other on it. I mean, the thing with Lampard inherited a... T- a a top-four team, he inherited a top-four team, yes. Alcetta would be, would be inheriting a, a team in free-fall.
0: Whoever takes that job, they'll do very well to get them to sixth this season.
1: So, Europa League again next season? Well, for no, Arsenal, I think they'll lucky. be lucky. They'll be lucky, lucky too. There is t- a
0: traditional bounce, isn't there? The new manager, the new manager bounce. Right, and it happened at Manchester United with Solskjaer happened at Tottenham with, yes, with Mourinho yep. and everyone expected it at Arsenal at the, at the weekend and uh, not quite against Norwich against you you know,
1: Norwich it was the biggest yeah. chance really So suddenly for those players big, you know, you, I know it was away but they're at Norwich who are destined to go down or at least you know, people are, well, a lot of people are saying they're going to go down Norwich Is a beatable team at home or away, and you'd have thought these the players that if the players had a problem with them, we'd have gone. Thank God he's gone. Let's let's really show whoever's coming in how we can play and bang some goals in, and they just about came away with a two-all draw. Absolutely
0: right. Your your theory is is absolutely spot on, except that the man who's got them is in charge at the moment was the assistant manager before. So it's you know a parting on the left is now a parting on the right. It's the same. It's the same thing. So why would they change their behaviour? There isn't a new man to show. Th- this man, they've known him for, you know, all the time they've been at been at the Arsenal. So th- there could be no bounce because it's just the old man. You know, it's not the face of Emery. It's Lundberg, but it's the same thing as far as i are yeah, concerned.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, he was there before with Emery. Yeah. All he's done is, is he's talking more than he did before, telling them stuff before, but what could have changed? Yeah, so you don't suddenly get that, that fresh face that comes in and that, nothing. Well, what's it going to be like? What's it be? I mean, you can see... In the footage of the, Tottenham first, the Tottenham's first training session with Mourinho, all the players waiting outside the door for him to come outside, shaking hands with the new team, his, his coaches. Mm. And you could see there was a, an air of expectation, excitement and trepidation. Yes. But with Arsenal, I go, oh, here he is well yeah him again yeah and and, and who is it you know you you, you can
0: imagine sort of Pepe saying to Aubameyang who's who's this guy then oh he's the guy that puts out the
1: cones in training (laughs) (laughs) I mean they've got they had to do something I suppose and they hadn't got unlike Tottenham cynically probably they didn't have anybody lined up Arsenal it is an extraordinary
0: thing to do to fire the manager without having a replacement in
1: well that's what Watford had done isn't it this week? But yesterday that, or day before?
0: That's what Watford and and the Pozzo family who own Watford. That's
1: what they do. Well, yeah. They, I mean, that is what they're famous for, isn't it? This uh, Chico Flores, who this he's been the second time he's been there. He took them to thirteenth hmm. in 2015-16 fift- He was only there a season. This time he's beaten his own record. He's been there for ten games, three months. He's lasted. They are bottom of the table. Shocking performances or at least shocking results. Shocking results. Not know. performances necessarily. But he's paid the price at Watford. They don't last long, do they, Watford managers? I mean we you know, we used to laugh at laugh at Chelsea for changing managers. At least they got a trophy every time. Well, Watford right. can't even get a point in between managers.
0: Well that's right. And and you know, could you expect the new manager bounce? By bringing back the old manager, <laughs> most, <laughs> <laughs> most of the players are there. Well, oh, he's back! Whatever problems that were there before, yeah, oh, i still yeah.
1: there. I mean, I don't know what the what's the opposite of bounce? A drop, I suppose. Yeah, the new old new manager drop or something, but well, it, it didn't work, did it? Dead cat bounce, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What are they going to do though? Who's 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 going to want that job? I mean, I, we've sort of had a, a, a laugh at Arsenal's expense, or at least been allowed to criticise them for who'd want to take over that team. They've got to rebuild, but at least it's Arsenal. Yes, you know there is still hope of finishing in top four or five or six. Well, with Watford, who's go- who's going to want to take that job? Knowing what you've just said about that's the way they do business with managers
0: and their bottom of the league. Well, ma- managers will always will always take the job because it, you know, a job in you know, it's a bird in the hand, etc. So so they'll take it and take their chances but who do who do Watford need well they need somebody with experience of a relegation battle if they don't win the relegation battle in somebody with experience of getting promoted from the championship sounds a lot like Chris Hewton to me
1: yeah well he's been talented for the job isn't he mm. among other people but yeah I think he'd probably want that I think he wants to get back in the Premier League why wouldn't he, of course um, he would, yeah. will he stay in the Premier League <laughs> much, <laughs> much longer past uh, next May
0: well, yeah, the, the, the problem Watford have is, is that their football, right up until the opposition penalty area, is actually very good. And they create lots and lots of chances. They just don't score. Is that something that, that a good sort of traditional relegation battle manager can solve? Normally, the relegation battling manager comes out and sorts out the defence. Yes. <laughs> well, but actually, their defence is OK. It's not a problem. They're just not scoring enough goals. So are the Potso family going to put their hand in their pocket and find a striker? Over the the transfer window. Yeah,
1: they've got. To, I mean, like with Arsenal, I think they've got to, especially probably more so with Watford, because they are at you the know, bottom of the table. I think they've got to act a lot quicker. Yes, they do. You know, because I mean, they, you can't just put the ball boy in charge mm-hmm. of the team for the next game.
0: There's a very promising young young manager coming out of uh, out of uh, Italy
1: called Aladici. Aladice Samuel Aladici. (laughs) 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 I mean he does say that himself doesn't he you know he keeps saying it Um, he was saying it this last week I think he's put himself in the frame for several jobs is Sam Aladice too I mean they might get him in until the end of the season and I think that's, that's the bane of his life is that that's what he's seen as, is somebody to save and save the team until somebody better comes in. Yeah,
0: well, you know, keep, us, keep, though, keep us in the Premier League and there's a five million bonus if you do it.
1: In Watford's defence, or at least in Flores, uh, Sanchez Flores' defence, uh, Troy Deeney, who is you know, pretty much, I don't know, the talisman. or He's Mr Watford at the moment. He is Mr Watford. Yeah. I mean, he's played 34 minutes. Since August. Well, so he, their main player has been out. Plus, they did sign a fellow called Ismaila Saar, who was actually signed bef- before he took over Flores. Uh, record club record fair, 25 million from Rennes. He scored against Southampton at the weekend in what was the manager's last game. Uh, that's his first goal all season, so not a great signing either. So they've, yeah. they've had a couple of problems there with, with people who can score goals. And 20 one is out and one can't do it. And 25
0: goals in the French League is worth, what, how many goals in real life?
1: Seven and a half.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that was n- that was never ever going to be uh, to be the answer, was it? You know, you're, you're dreaming if you think you can pick up a, a striker out of the French league and he'll he'll yeah. be a 20, 25 goal a season for striker for twenty-five
1: million. I mean, no. you know, that says it all, doesn't it?
0: No, the the going rate for a striker that will score you twenty goals in the Premier League is forty million. If you only paid 25, well, you're going to get £25 million pounds worth of striker. Worth of goals, yeah. The, there is one other thing about Troy Deeney that he's not a prolific goal scorer. He scores enough as a striker, but he scares the hell out of defenders. He's your typical big centre forward who goes, comes on the pitch and he looks at the centre backs and says, right, you're mine, and he goes, <laughs> bangs into them, knocks them over, gives them a kick. They know they're in a game. He's definitely and got that look, oh yeah. yeah. And, and the uh, And the two central defenders spend their whole match watching him, which gives space to other people.
1: He's he's a great centre forward just just because of that. He's a motivator as well as so sort of, yeah. sort of captain material guy. By the mm. way, you so just to go back uh, just one little stat under uh, Emery, Arsenal had nine captains. Nine. So that kind of you know gives you the reason well. for the disarray. One of the reasons, but Troy Deeney, he kind of he's the glue that holds Watford together oh, because absolutely. he's one of those. Come on, lads, you yeah. can do it. We're four nil down. There's three minutes yeah. to go. We can still win this. Yeah, he's one of those, isn't y-
0: he? He is one of those, but he also does it by example. He'll go out and get that goal. He'll do mm. the thing that will turn the match around. That that's the sort of player you want. And not having him, you know, or only having him for 34 minutes is it says a lot about why at Watford are where they are.
1: We're recording this midweek. Tuesday it is today. A lot of games coming up this week as well as at the weekend. But as we're recording this, you know who knows. Silva could have been sacked by Everton by now. It could be that VAR decision in favour of Leicester. It does seem to be silly sacking season, doesn't it?
0: Well, I mean, in in Silva's case, I'm surprised he's still there because he's he came along. He's always worked along with an, an assistant, and it turns out that it's the, the assistant who was the brains of the <laughs> uh, of the duo because he left in the summer and went to uh, went to the port. Portugal, took over... Portuguese Premier League team that have a ground with a 5,000 capacity, and he took them to the top of the Portuguese Premier League. If you're an Everton director, we got
1: the wrong person left here. Yes. That's yeah. the guy we need. So maybe go and get him back. We don't know whether who's been sacked by the time this gets edited and uh, broadcast, but there, do, there does seem to be a lot of um, a lot of top-flight managers are going to have a lot more time at Christmas with the family than they imagined a couple of weeks ago. Well, I certainly hope Pellegrini is one of those. Yeah. yeah yes. So before we move on to next week's games, yeah, Pellegrini at. West Ham. Did that one goal and that clean sheet and that historic almost victory against third place chelsea or fourth place chelsea did that save his job for another couple of weeks you know it looks as if it has but then, you know he could have been fired while
0: we're recording this which sure. i think is a shame it, for the purposes of the whole season it might have been better if we'd lost and they they'd fired him to be honest he's turned a, a bunch of really great players into nothing so he's sucked the talent
1: out of them basically well, he has. Somehow. I, mean,
0: I have this theory about about left backs You watch a left-back and how they receive the ball. If they're receiving the ball closed in, so turned in towards the pitch, it's impossible for them to make a forward pass. Now, and you watch fullbacks who have no confidence, that's how they receive the ball. And it's the same with a left winger, if, if you if you play with somebody wide left. And Anderson, last season and the season before, he was receiving the ball with an open body, so he had the whole pitch he could play into. Now he's receiving the ball facing inwards. So it's not possible for him to do anything in attacking. Right, yeah. So the the right-back who's up against him is thinking, great, I'm having a good day today. <laughs> he's, he's going nowhere. And Anderson is a player every top side
1: in Europe wanted a bye last season and now he's a different player and now
0: he's a different player He's, he's just like almost a waste of space
1: Mm. Well, we shall see. As we, as we said, you know, we don't know by the, uh, by the time this podcast is out, Pellegrini, Silver, and A and other could have gone. Uh, it does yes. seem to be that time of year. But of course, there are a lot of teams that are doing a lot worse than they thought they would. But let's see, no matter yeah. who who's going to be the manager, we'll have a little look at the upcoming games. Everton and Chelsea. Chelsea lost the weekend. Everton, well, who may or may not have loo- uh, lose their manager. Everton are at home to Chelsea. It's going to be at least a draw for Chelsea, possibly in a way win. Depen- mm. Again, depending on what happens, but I, I think I'm going to go for a draw for that one. I think, I think Chelsea are having a little bit of a problem at the moment, and I think Everton desperately need to win. Obviously, so I'm going for Everton one, Chelsea one. Uh, I think a draw. You two, think a two. draw as well? Two two draw. All right, good. Bournemouth against Liverpool. That can only go one <laughs> way, can't it? That, that that's going to be an away win. I mean, that's that's not, yeah yeah.
0: Liverpool have showed they they will they will win when they're playing badly.
1: Yeah, and then a good game for Tottenham. They're at home to Burnley, which Ooh. is winnable, definitely winnable, but they'll put up a fight, Burnley. I think Tottenham will lead goals again, but I don't think they'll score as many because Burnley are pretty tight. I think that's going to be 2-1, 2-Tottenham. Two yeah, I'll go for a draw, 1-1 draw. All right, and then oh, and then we've got Watford against Crystal Palace. I mean, that's that's a winnable game for Crystal Palace, surely. You'd
0: have to say, in the form that Palace are in, yeah, they're, they're going to win that 2-1, yeah. I
1: think. Yeah, so and then the big one, the, the late game, Big Manchester Derby, Manchester City against Manchester United. You know, if Manchester United can't beat Aston Villa at home, and they didn't, <laughs> they're not going to beat Manchester City away, are they? Well, you look at the Manchester United's last couple of games, and they've been
0: comprehensively outplayed by both teams. Yes, Astana. You know, Manchester United got to hope they don't ever get to play. You know, Rostov Tractor Factory Under Elevens because <laughs> they give them a hiding. They? <laughs> um, United, not so much. Yeah, uh, Manchester City there's got to be some bounce back hasn't there so I think Manchester City will win
1: yeah I think they'll win I don't think Manchester City have been on form lately you know they've won it twice in a row the league um, they're sort of letting Liverpool run away with it a little bit so I think I think they're going to come back in this game yeah Man City 3 Man United won.
0: Manchester City do have a structural problem that they don't actually have a a working central defence. Mm. Fernandinho is still playing in the centre of defence, and Guardiola is trying to sort of puff him up, saying how well he's playing. Well, yeah, you you can play, you, you know, you can go to a different position and play well, but the point is, you don't think like that position, so everything is like a second too late. Now, Fernandinho is a is a great tackler, so he can, and he's fast, so he can make up for that. But it's not the same as having a genuine centre back there doing it. The centre backs that Manchester City have got, Guardiola knows he can't trust.
1: Don't we should see what happens with that. Well, that's a big game now. That is the late game on Saturday. Then Aston Villa on Sunday against Leicester. All Aston done. Villa, bit buoyed by their two-all draw away at Man United. Leicester can't stop winning, but they struggled against Everton. They did get that late goal, but. Mm. And the way they celebrated it, you could see they want—they really want to give Liverpool a run for their money. They—they right. s- they fancy themselves Leicester. They do they certainly fancy themselves to come second. I think.
0: I think that would be a draw because Villa were were very very good, and you know despite Manchester United obviously planning and setting out to kick Grealish off the pitch, which they did, it was just bloody assault. It was it should and no place on a football pitch how Manchester United yeah. play that. I think I think Villa will could get a draw out of that.
1: All right, I think you're probably right. I'd like to see Leicester win. I really like this Leicester team. Mm-hmm. Jack Grealish, poor fellow, was I think born at the wrong time because. The position he plays in, there's so much composition, Delhi Ali and everybody else for that position in the England team, he can't get a look in. But at any other time, he probably would have done. I think Southgate's actually got. A wealth of choices for that particular position, and that maybe is why Grealish don't get in the team. It's not because he he plays for Aston Villa, because there are other. I think they got twelve internationals in the Aston Villa team, including one Mings, isn't it? For who plays for mm. England. So they, I mean, I think they had fifteen players away on international duty the other week, yeah. Aston Villa. So it's not because he plays for Villa. I think it just there's so t- much competition for that one particular area on the pitch. I would love to see him and Madison in the England team, though. It would just be, I think it would be fantastic. It would be fun it would yeah. yeah well those two and then of course uh, San- Sancho another great I'd want to see more of all those th- all three of those Yeah. well
0: Definitely. I think and Sancho's best chance of getting a regular England place is to be transferred to Manchester United it probably is yeah because
1: yeah. th- that always seems to get you an England place yes, doesn't yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe you and I should uh, t- yeah. sign up alright then we've got Newcastle against Southampton not a game I want to see particularly No, <laughs> with all t- due respect I don't think there's going to be much 2-0 to Newcastle you it? think Newcastle mm. will win that Southampton they look doomed, don't they, at the moment? Yeah. Why are they still hang on to their hang on to their manager? We didn't even mention that. Somehow he's managed to keep a quiet, yeah, quiet distance from sacking. But having said that, by the time we get home this afternoon, he'll have gone, won't he? That's uh, what happens. Norwich against Sheffield United. I think Sheffield have beat them. Oh, away win there. I think. Yeah. 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 Norwich, well done for holding Arsenal and all that. But Sheffield United are very good.
0: Oh, Sheffield United are wonderful. I mean, it, it's total football, and if you know, if 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 the manager was was a Dutchman, everyone would be play, praising him to the skies. But yeah, he's brilliant, Chris yeah. Wa- Chris Wilding.
1: Yes, and if, if and it, and it was
0: Christoph Wilderham, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. And uh, anybody who wants to watch that game, watch Cantwell, the the young tall midfielder for Norwich. He's a brilliant player, and he'll be playing for a very
1: very big club very soon. Fantastic. All right. Brighton over Albion against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Away win. away way win for Wolves. They're yeah. coming good again. I mean, we've said it before, they're, they're, they're doing as well as they did last season, they even are, though people yeah. say they're not. They, statistically, they are. They are, yes. Um, South and Brighton, they were Steve's tip to go down. They've sort of defied him lately, but they've started to slip again.
0: Yeah. I, I think Wolves have got too much for Brighton.
1: I think so too. And then on Monday, West Ham United, your team against Steve's team, Arsenal. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think a draw there actually i think that probably is a there is a draw there for for I, I don't know if that'd be who would prefer that would arsenal be happy just to come away with a draw i, I, I think i think both now? teams
0: would be uh unhappy with it but it's <laughs> both teams think yeah. they can win that one i think both teams would would hope to win it yeah
1: i yeah. mean i know they should professionally but all right i'm gonna go I'm, I'm gonna go for a draw as well i think i think that's it's just one of those games i think it'll just peter out because both teams are in a bit of trouble and arsenal Unless they've got a manager by then, unless they appoint a manager by then, things could have changed. But I think, yeah, we'll go for a draw for that one. That's all the games for this upcoming week. Those are our sort of predictions. But before we go um, and say our goodbyes, Jeff, the question and answer to this week's week's Trivia question. OK, the question
0: was, who was the oldest player when they made their debut, played their first match in the English Premier League? And the answer was, it was John Burridge who was 43 years four months and 26 days old
1: 43 playing in the premier league and it was his first ever premier league game his first ever premier league game he came on
0: as a half-time substitute for manchester city against newcastle on 29th of april 95 that makes him not only the oldest premier league player in history but also the oldest premier league debutant.
1: brilliant so the oldest ever player and the oldest ever debutant. that's yep. fantastic well done him Obviously not playing anymore because I mean that's that's at the start of the Premier League, wasn't it, really? When it oh, first very ki- much so, yeah. kicked off, if you'll pardon the expression. Fantastic. That's a lovely question. That's all we've got time for. I'm Chris Carl. And I was Jeff Saunders. You certainly were and you probably will be. We'd like to thank you for listening. Any information about Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar you can find on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Do follow us and join us next week for more Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar, the Football Podcast.
0: You've been listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Join us again next week for more of their twisted football news, all of their weird football views. You can find them here every week on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. We'll see you again shortly.